This is DJ Moore. You're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with the Trash Man. Today, we're going to be going over some of our biggest storylines and biggest news, biggest headlines coming out of free agency as it pertains to fantasy football. There's just been a whole rash of stuff going on. Um, Trash Man is you know, in the process right now of updating the dynasty rankings, making sure that all the you know, all the new teams have been put in. I'm doing the same on the best ball cheat sheet, which version 1.0 did drop over the weekend. It's already up to version 1.1, and now it's going to have to be made to version 1.2 with some new news that came out today uh, affecting the rankings on a couple of guys a little bit farther down the sheet. I'm not sure we're going to get to those, but of course, you can find all that stuff with a pro membership over at rosterwatch.com. Trash man, we're back. We're making we're 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 back in the cheat sheet business. We're back in the podcasting business after a break on Thursday. What the hell's going on, brother? Uh, you know, uh I got nothing good to say. Yeah, a bunch of the same. <laughs> a bunch of the same. You're gonna save all you're gonna save all your good takes for some of this stuff. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Roshan Johnson too from Texas. Uh the breakdown we have up on the site for him. Definitely a prospect that people are sort of all over the map on, but somebody that's getting more and more top 100 talk as um, as we get you know more and more through this process. Before we do that, though, Trash Man, let's just start with you. So I said each of us need to pick five things, our five biggest storylines each so far from free agency as they pertain to fantasy football. What do you got? For me, I think the biggest winner to come out of this free agent – signing session is the Chicago Bears. I think they did the most to help their team. I think maybe they made the most moves just in general. Um, But I think, yeah, just in general, I think the Bears made the biggest move. The DJ Moore adding him to the team, you know, bringing in a number one receiver, Deontay Foreman at the running back position as a replacement for David David Montgomery. Bringing in tight end Robert Tonian um, to, strike, to, boot, to boost the tight end position and running back Travis Homer um, in addition to Deontay Foreman. Um, and then and picking up a whole grip of picks. Yeah, <laughs> that's picking too. up a grip of picks, man. Uh, all right, well, let's go through them one by one then. So, Tonian, I don't care. I don't care about Robert Tonian. It doesn't matter to me. But what matters to me is the DJ Moore stuff and the David Montgomery stuff. Um, slash Deontay Foreman, et cetera, right? So let's just start with DJ Moore. Whenever I look at this and I realize that Justin Fields or the Bears in general, and I think Fields, to, the, the, the Bears, I believe it was, it was certainly last in the league as far as in attempts per game last season, passing attempts per game. It was at the 22.5, last in the league. And they got a little bit more pass heavy towards the end of the season to where it got up to like 25, something like that, but still bottom three in the league. Um, th- th- you know, I think Justin Fields was at just over 22 himself. 
So Justin Fields, we have 22 attempts per game. And now when we think about it for DJ Moore, it wasn't like it was that much better with the quarterback situations he's had recently in Carolina, right? It hadn't been that much better. But But these quarterbacks have been terrible in Carolina. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. It, it hasn't been that much better. It's like I said, if like so if you go and you sort by last three, by last five, as far as passing attempts, Carolina's right down there in the bottom three, the bottom five, right there along with Chicago, right? So it, it, it wasn't like – DJ Moore, if he was going to leave Carolina, was going to, you know, eight times out of ten go to a situation that was noticeably better just from a pure volume standpoint. Yeah. Unfortunately, he hit one of those two times out of ten where he just he's, – he's not – and it could be considered a downgrade as far as pure volume. My main concern is, is that you do have Chase Claypool there. You do have Darnell Mooney there. You do have guys like Cole Komet. You, like, and so but you have guys, you have guys who did not assert themselves as number one receivers. As but it doesn't matter. But see, that that doesn't matter because Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault and these dirt balls certainly haven't. That's a better surrounding cast. That's a better surrounding cast. And, and just like I said when I went on Pat, Pat Fitzmaurice's show last week, when, you're, you know, when you've got to do projections week to week and you project out, you know, let's say even on the bright side for Justin Fields, you project out tw- 25 attempts per game, right? And you give DJ Moore his usual alpha of target share, right? You give him like 25, 27%, something like that. You're, st- you're, you're looking at what? Six and a half targets per game. So I like, don't think, it, I, I not, think they're gonna. I think they're gonna up their passing attempts. I mean, it seems like well, the moves by, that but, making, by, but 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 by how much? Like like there've been there there've been studies about this trash man because every year we we try and talk ourselves into these narratives and I get it. Not not everybody can just reinvent themselves on the on the, just on the fly like the Eagles did, right? Like not everybody can just do that. So I think the, you know that 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 that's going to be a historical outlier. I think even if we're generous, we bump that thing up to even 26, 27 attempts per game, something like that, which would represent like historically a big shift if you have the same quarterback, same play caller com- com- coming into a consecutive season, right? That would, be, that would be a big shift. Hey, if DJ Moore is getting eight targets a game, I think he can, I think he can work with that. Is that eight a game? Is that really going to be enough to be, get you? But like, or we're talking about a guy who could what could we're be a wide about receiver. A guy too? who was arguably our consensus number one receiver going into his draft. I mean, well, no, he what was he was it, he, I, he was my he was my number one that year. I remember. I'd have to go back and look and see if he was consensus. Look, DJ Moore. Right now in best ball, where I have DJ Moore. I mean, would you have D- do you like DJ Moore above guys who you know or is that like can you really have him over guys like Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, this type of player? That's where he's going. I don't feel like that uh, that 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 doesn't make much sense to me given the volume projection. I mean, we don't know what Tampa Tampa Bay is going to be like this season. Well, we we don't know what Tampa Bay is going to be like, but we know that Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. DJ Moore is good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. It's just it. I just to me, it's and we kind of. I mean, and we kind of know what we 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 kind of know a little bit. 
It it wasn't like their their offensive coordinator. It wasn't like he was just a complete run first. Take Geno Smith out of the whole picture during last year in Seattle. You know, I, I think that I to, to to like right now. All right, so just if if you're in a best ball draft and you're staring down the barrel of like a Christian Kirk versus a DJ Moore, which one of those guys are you taking? After what Christian Kirk was able to do last well, year, yeah, and, I, and I know the Calvin Ridley is going to be added to that. I mix, know the Calvin Ridley is going to be added. I feel like that probably takes a my 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 thought is that takes a little bit more away from Zay Jones with the just with the roles that those guys are going to be playing. Christian Kirk was just a dynamite slot guy. He was he was a dependable target for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Christian Kirk last year, what he was wide. I mean, he was. Was it, wasn't he a top 12 wide receiver? Like, hold on. Like in, 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 what was he in half PPR in fantasy points per game? So, overall, no. He was a mid-level wide receiver two last year. Whereas DJ Moore in fantasy points per game was barely a wide receiver three. He had 9.9 fantasy points per game versus uh, Christian Kirk, who is at 12.3 and half point PPR. I just To me, it's like, his situation got worse. DJ Moore's competition got better. Darnell Mooney and Darnell Mooney and and Chase Claypool is tougher competition. But the quarterback got and better even, too. And, and, and even Cole Komet and now Tunyon. There wasn't a tight end of consequence to deal with in Carolina. To me, I don't think they bring DJ Moore in there unless they plan to implement him as – They know, will, and it's going to be great for the Bears as a team. It's going to be shitty for fantasy. What, what what about what about um what about Deontay Foreman? What does this do for the Khalil Herbert hype? Yeah, to 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 me it puts a damper on it. I move Khalil Herbert down. I basically have Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman as similar values. I think they should basically be back to back. I like those guys more than like Brian Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, Zeke, who still doesn't have a job, right? But yeah. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I can like him more than Kareem Hunt, who I guess still doesn't have a job, but you know, AJ Dillon, Antonio Gibson, like Algier. I think I want those guys maybe both over both of those players, over Deontay or Khalil Herbert. I don't know that I want Gibson over both of those guys. Why? They, well, because I mean, he's still competing with Brian Robinson. Well, yeah, but you know, we we are we we did talk to sources from Washington at the. Uh, Who do you think has a better offense? I mean, so think about those two running backs on either side. Do you think the Bears have a better off- offense at this point, or the Commanders? Well, do you want a Luke Getzey offense, or do you want an Eric Bieniemy offense? They think that they think that Antonio Gibson will will be the single biggest. Well, are you are you one of those that mind that Eric Bieniemy is basically? you know, uh, a puppet <laughs> in the, as, as, a, well, as a, I mean, the OC. Look, there's a reason he's, he's gotten 12 head coaching interviews and hadn't gotten a head coaching job. Right. There, there's obviously something going on, right. There's, there, there's something going on there with it, but what is all this? What's with this? <laughs> I don't know. Saying it could have something to, you know, do with the, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what that means, but I will, I, 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 I guess I will, I, I will. <laughs> I, I have my guesses about a lot of things, trash man. Um, I think that definitely that's a stigma that gets that gets stuck with being me that he's an Andy that that's Andy Reid's offense. That's his job with Patrick Mahomes. That's all the rest. I think probably the reason why he's going to Washington is he's saying I keep I can't keep 
I, I got to get rid of it. So I got to get the stink off me. Some, I, I'm going to have to go do, do it somewhere. And if I go do it at Washington, you know, he will get a head coaching job then. All I'm saying is the people who are at Washington Commanders practices, people who know these players, people who are spending their time thinking about this stuff and who work in the actual building say they believe that the biggest beneficiary to all this is going to be Antonio Gibson, especially with J.D. McKissick moving on to other, other things. I, like, but, I mean, we talk about Khalil Herbert and how efficient he is as a running back. I mean, when, Herbert, when, if, when if not now do we take the plunge on Khalil Herbert? Look, man, I'm bummed about the Khalil Herbert thing. I have him. I have him as I had him pegged as my keeper in one of our oldest and most important. You know, certainly not the highest stakes league I play in, but one of the most important that I play against you and Byron and Ketchum and like all like the one I probably the one I want to win the most, the one that's most competitive, and um, at least among friends, right? And in that one, I I, I held Khalil Herbert all year. Just because I wanted to be able to keep him as a keeper for next year once David Montgomery's gone. I feel like De- Deontay Foreman, as much as I love him, has ruined a little bit of that because Deontay Foreman kind of he's kind of like Khalil Herbert. They're kind of similar. You know, both of them have pounds on him. Both of them well, all right. Deontay has, has what 15 pounds on him? Maybe shit. Maybe Deontay's got 25 pounds on him. Deontay looks like he's weighing like 235 or so now. I mean, I think he's closer to Montgomery than he is to yeah. Herbert. Well, but what I mean to say is that you know we've done the we've 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 done the analysis about the usage that Khalil Herbert gets when there's no David Montgomery, and even when there's no David Montgomery, he's only getting two targets per game um, on average. And you heard at the uh, combine, you heard uh, Everflus say, "Look, everybody knows, we all know that you know Khalil's got to get better at." catching the ball out of the backfield and being an option out of the backfield. I'm just like, wait, we all know that. I'm I'm like, what do you mean? Do y'all all all know that? Is that what y'all are all saying behind the scenes? You know, and that's the same thing that people have said about Deontay, even though I've always felt Deontay, even going back to his time at Texas was, I mean, he can catch. Like how can Deontay not catch Deontay's Deontay's brother, Armani was like a high four star wide receiver coming out. Of Bay City or wherever I, I forget. Bay, All I'm saying Bay is City. like I don't think the Bears. I think they would have made more, or had more concern about David Montgomery leaving if they, if they weren't like if they weren't weren't ha- didn't have it in mind for Khalil Herbert to be their guy and for whoever else they brought in to basically back up Herbert. They, they should be more concerned about David Montgomery leaving and, and putting 17 rushing touchdowns down their throat <laughs> next year on a, on a division foe. That was one of my, like, that's one of my biggest ones is um, David, uh, David Montgomery. And let's just see where he's kind of where I'm slotted right now. David Montgomery going to the Detroit lions. I mean, to me, he's, like, he needs to be, he needs to be drafted at the same time as DeAndre Swift at this point. Um, yeah, that's true. And you know, it's. I think what a, I, to just re, kind of read up my last point. I just feel like they wouldn't have let Montgomery walk if they didn't plan on having Herbert be their guy and then have somebody come in and, and bolster that back. Yeah, and, and it's only a one-year deal for 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 Deontay, right? So yeah. and. Deontay's been healthy, but we everybody knows that he's got the Achilles and all the all the rest of the stuff like that. Um, I just I feel like yeah, this is going to be. 
Look, look, if Khalil, if if if, if Khalil Herbert's gonna get there, trash man, D, DJ Moore's not getting there. Because if he's gonna get there, he's gonna need to he's gonna need to get 16 touches per game and a 60-40 touch split. And if we get and if we get 16 a game and a 60-40 touch split, then we're looking at 30 what 30 rushes per game, 28 to 30 rushes per game. And that's just gonna that's automatically gonna mean that the pass attempts just aren't gonna make the jump that you're hoping for. Those pass attempts can jump 25% and you're still not going to be what you're hoping for. So it's 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 going to be one or the other trash. I mean, you can't have both. You can't have both. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. What about what 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 about David Montgomery? Is he going to outscore DeAndre Swift next year? Probably. Doesn't that just suck? For who? For Swift. And look, we've been down on Swift I mean, maybe and Dynasty this, compared to And maybe at this point, Montgomery becomes the better value and higher priority. It, well, we can't do like that on the cheat sheet because that'll totally break ADP. But, I mean, we, we, we've gotten pretty close. And honestly, man, if I'm staring down the barrel at decision, I just thinking about, you know, thinking about the culture of that organization, thinking about the fact that David Montgomery actually does have some, you know, ability to create on his own, maybe more than Jamal Williams did. If you think David Montgomery's a better running back than Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams was the – touchdown leader last season then you have to think i mean you have to think big about right but we can't we can't we can't just heap we can't just say that david montgomery is going to lead the league in touchdowns or be anywhere he's not gonna get 17 touchdowns that's just a complete and we never would have said that about jamal williams this past season if we had we would have been way ahead of the curve well we were ahead of the curve on jamal williams because because we had the deandre swift fade on and it's just like that was the way that was the way it was it was good it was good. It was good for us. But to say we had seven, you know, to say we thought 17 touchdowns, that would be that would be disingenuous. It's just such it's it's such an outlier. Those kinds of seasons just don't happen. You know what I'm saying? I realize the offense is good. I realize I mean double digit touchdowns for David Montgomery and having to be more efficient between the 20s than than Jamal Williams was. That to me is awesome. That's like on a in a dome, on a great offense, on a defense that's probably was getting better to end last season, but still pretty bad. Right. I just to me, it makes plenty to to me. It makes plenty of sense to have him sort of in this tier with, uh, you know, other guys that are uh, he needs to be ahead of guys like at this point, David Montgomery needs to be ahead of dudes like, you know, these sort of betting on the come stuff with Rashad White. Right. He needs to be ahead of him. He needs to be ahead of Cam Akers. He needs to be ahead of Isaiah Pacheco and James Cook. My question for you is, what about Miles Sanders now that he is a Carolina Panther? And was if you don't consider Dalvin Cook, who teams have been kind of going after this whole time and acting like they're sort of waiting to see what sort of shoe's going to drop with Dalvin, to me it kind of seems now like he's not going to go anywhere if there hadn't been any movement, right? It's like, it's, it's like Michael Lombardi says, if, like if, if, if you haven't heard anything by now about the money that you want, there's there's not a market for you at, at, at what you're hoping to get. We saw it just happen with Dalton Schultz, right? Yeah. He wanted to hold out for a multi-year deal and stuff. He's got to go to Houston for one year and make what up to nine million, I think it was, for a year. When reports were that he wanted three for like thirty-three. Yeah, like no no one's gonna no one's gonna do that. What do you what do you think of? I kind of think Schultz is a guy that I moved up today. Just by the way, this was this wasn't a big one for me, but Brandon Cooks gets shipped out to Dallas. I mean, all they got down there is dusty old Robert Woods 
Nico Collins and John Mechie, who we still can't get no, a real good Noah update. Brown. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, doesn't Dalton Schultz become super appealing? Now that Jordan Akins is gone, Jordan Akins goes to Cleveland. I saw that O.J. Howard went to the Raiders. Raiders. That's a pretty, that's a pretty open depth chart. I mean, chart. it all depends on who their quarterback's going to be. Well, it's going to be it's, – it, it, it's going to be, well, probably – now that there's now that it's looking like all the reports now are coming out saying that Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick for the Panthers. Really? Yeah. Even though all the even though all the sports book have CJ Stroud, I saw him at, just over the weekend at minus three hundred to go at number one. But um, I heard on the GM Shuffle podcast, Lombardi said he thought it was sixty forty that it was going to be Bryce Young. Now in the latest mock draft from. For, 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 I forget if it was McShay or Kuyper put out today. Um, said had Bryce Young number one. Then Daniel Jeremiah in his most recent had Bryce Young number one. Feels like that drumbeat starting to pick up a little bit. The Panthers are sending basically every member of their damn staff and their mom and their dog and everybody else to every one of these pro days. We have a whole rash of these pro days coming up this 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 week, uh, at least with Young, Stroud, and Levis. Um. So yeah, I think of it, dude. I think of it as Bryce. I, I, I think of it as any of these good rookie quarter. These these rookie quarterbacks are good. I, and uh, don't you always say that a veteran tight end is that like it's, it's safety blanket? It's his best friend. I love that for Dalton Schultz. I'm I, I moved him up, especially in best ball, where it's you know I've been hoping to get a lot of Darren Waller, you know, with all this. But it seems like people are sort of picking up on the Darren Waller stuff, even though we got ahead of ADP on him. Yeah, um, I mean, normally I do say that it is a safety blanket, but but. It kind of depends too on how bad the Texans' offensive line is, and is this tight end mainly going to be called to block? I but see, I don't, I don't think you bring in Dalton Schultz for that, right? I mean, he's a good blocker, but he's like theoretically, he's a, no. He's a he's a good enough blocker, but you've watched him. You're you're a huge Cowboys homer. You're just tilted that he's gone. He's a good player. He's good in the receiving game. He's going to be good for the Texans. Um, so just. What about Miles Sanders though? Because it, it does feel like he got the biggest the, he got the biggest deal. He he got the best deal, and he's going to be there for a couple of years. How old is Miles Sanders? Sanders is is he turning twenty six this year? Yeah, he's turning twenty six this year. Born in nineteen ninety seven. So, do you is this an upgrade for him going back with his old running backs coach Juice Staley? I think it might be more of the same for Sanders. Do you just think he's not that good? I mean, he hasn't shown himself to be very terribly consistent. He had a you know better season this year, and I just don't think I don't think his offense is going to be as good. Definitely not. Well, <laughs> you don't think <laughs> he's going to be all they have, dude? They and trade away everybody else. Always, and that's not always a good thing. Yeah, and well, that's well, that's that that's that's that, that's true. It's not always a good thing when you're the absolute focal point. And that's something that also, but just another free, it's not really free agency. It's more of a trade. But what did you think about your Cowboys trading for, for Brandon Cooks? I thought it was fine. I mean, I think it definitely helps to fill a need. I think it's great. I, th- I, I think it's good for Cooks. I think it's good for the Cowboys. And to your point about Miles Sanders, I kind of think it's good for CeeDee Lamb. They need somebody that can open that up. They, they need somebody that can open that thing up, dude. Yep. It's not Michael Gallup. It's not Noah Brown. They like it's not any of these dirt, any of these dirt balls. It's like Brandon Cooks is a legit, talented player. I mean, do you think he's? Do you think he's far and away above someone like a T.Y. Hilton? Oh, at this point in his career, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That I mean, T.Y. Hilton, 30. 
that T.Y. Hilton stuff is was such a such a stunt. Just a stunt. He was done. Brandon Cooks wasn't done. He was so good last year. He's telling the Texans, he's like, look, get me off this team, dude. I'm still good. I'm still an out. Like, he's still an alpha, man. He's still good. Brandon Cooks is a good player. He's still good. I mean, it, this is this the end for him? Probably, you know, probably pretty close to it. They'll probably have a couple a year or two of good of good play with the Cowboys. Is some team will sign him to some dinky little one year contract and he'll fade off into fade off into whatever he does next. But I I like it, and I don't think it hurts CD Lamb like some people are. They say, "Oh, you got to move down CD Lamb." No, I don't. I I definitely don't think it hurts him. Any uh, what else? What else you got? I mean, staying on the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Well, that's that. Yeah, well, that's a trade, but it's like it's still one of these movements of the new league year. Clearly, it's Um, one of the biggest deals. I I mean, yeah, if we're talking about bigger deal, biggest deals, I think that may be the biggest one. As far as how much it changed the compl- changes the complexion of a of an offense, no, uh, it's just like overnight, right? It's just everything. You know, you bump up all these guys. We we talked about it before. Just how much can you bump up Garrett Wilson from his current ADP, though? Well, the thing is, I think it. You know, Aaron Rodgers changes everything, but I think Alan Lazard coming in kind of you have to temper expectations for Garrett Wilson then. So you you really think that you can move? So you, Aaron Aaron Rodgers comes to town, and just because of Alan Lazard, four years, forty four million dollars, you're gonna you're gonna say that this actually the, that that whole package actually hurts Garrett Wilson? I, I can't. I'm not saying it hurts him. I'm just saying I don't know if it. I mean, I don't know if it's like if there's like a sea change for Wilson because of oh, it's Rogers a sea change. It's, it, dude, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing to Garrett Wilson. I mean, at some point, the cream rises to the top, and th- you know what I mean. At some point, the, just the cream rises. Yeah, no, I get it's, it. But, I mean, like, why else would Aaron Rodgers kind of demand to have a piece like Lazard add to that offense? Because he wants fucking Brandel Cobb added to the Packers. He wants his demands. He wanted to bring Dan Mercedes Lewis. Are you worried about that for – are you worried about that for Tyler Conklin? I mean, I mean it, it, he didn't bring him in. Well, it, it, at some point, trash me. You got I mean, to realize Alan the talent. He's a good, a good receiver. I mean, you got to realize the talent. We're talking about Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. The, the playoffs. What are you, the, the Alan playoffs? Lazard, he's not chopped liver. This I mean, is, he's chopped liver. He's no like this is. Compared to they give him a four-year deal. I don't. I don't. I just don't feel like they, they said they were going to do it anyway, even without Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like what? <laughs> I just don't think they make a move like that unless he, unless they plan on having us an integral part of that offense. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not buying into any of it. I do think that it does make for an interesting stacking um, discussion. I mean, your best, I mean, you can make a best ball lineup out of that whole offense. Look, what I mean, how, how, how long do we need to even? We're talking about this like it's all our. I mean, th- th- I mean, there's no chance that this doesn't happen, right? What Rogers? I mean, just with the nego- like the ongoing negotiations, like there isn't a chance that there isn't any. Right? I mean, Rogers himself has stated that that's where he plans on playing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just I wonder if it's like what do you, do you think? That there's anything that they're let's see. What Peter King was saying is the Ferris deal. This was uh, yesterday. I, just, I, 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 th- I thought it was interesting. He said 
the Jets trade a second rounder this year and a conditional pick at 2025 based on whether he plays football there in 2024. So he play, if, so basically he's saying that um, he totally sees Green Bay's point about playing hardball for Rodgers, but he's talking about maybe people are talking about the 13th pick for a guy who might play one year. He's just saying that's that isn't gonna that ain't gonna get it done. I just I don't know. It's, it feels like the Jets, feels are, like it's gonna, the Jets are gonna go all in. They feel like they can win a Super Bowl if Rodgers comes in there. And season. if and if they don't, they're on the hook for forty four million to shitty Alan Lazard mm. for no reason. Um, all right. Anything else that you wanted to hit on just out of out of free? Agency I mean, I feel broken? I feel like a kind of a dark horse here is as the Taylor Heineke to Atlanta. I feel like at some point. He could be the starter for the Falcons this season. Ugh. I mean, just go I think from at bad this point in the careers, he's probably on the Falcons than, and with this show and with he's this. Better analysis. than Desmond Ritter. I think that? I think best ball, if you're making a bet, if you wanted like a dark horse best ball lineup. Don't, don't, don't listen to this. <laughs> Please if don't. You could get like I mean, like a, a Taylor Heineke. He's, He's he's not even on the best ball cheat sheet. Do I need to add him on? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to throw, if you want to, if you want to make a stack that you know, if it hits, is going to win you some money. I think I think Taylor Heineke is the key to that. Taylor, ta- Taylor Heineke to Mac Hollins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's talk Roshan Johnson, University of Texas running back Roshan Johnson. Um, he did. He just had his pro day. Uh, he had his pro day last week, and we didn't. He did not elect to do so. He couldn't do bench because of the Senior Bowl. He um, he broke his hand, and so he's still recovering from that. So no bench, but also surprisingly, man, no um, no three cone, no short shuttle, no no nothing except on field workouts. He stood on his four four eight uh, forty time from the combine. Uh, weighing in a little bit four, less. Four, I thought it was comp- four five eight. I'm sorry. What did I say? Four four eight. Well, that's a. I think that's a big difference. Is it, yeah. it, it, it trash man? I think that's a big difference. I'd say. Uh, so yeah, thanks for correcting me there. His four five eight at the combine, uh, standing on that, and it's probably about as fast as he's gonna. You know, he was gonna. He's he's, he's about six feet tall, six foot and one half inch tall. Uh, two twenty five. I mean, pretty at, slow. Two two twenty five at the Senior Bowl. But he did slim down ten pounds to run at the combine to get to, to to get that four five eight. With that being said, he certainly does have speed. We've talked about it a ton of times here before. But Texas has the truck stick measurement they use. They uh, get using the catapult technology in their shoulder pads during practice. And Roshan and the way that they do it is they um, multiply top speed by by mile by miles per hour, and they multiply that by the player's weight. And Roshan Johnson was the had the highest truck stick on the whole Texas football team last year. So it's kind of just like a way to say size adjusted speed, but it, it was, it was better for him than it was even for B. John Robinson last year. Of course, being on the same team as B. John Robinson is going to be trouble for anybody, right? It's going to, it's going to be tough. You're not going to see the, you're, you're not going to see the field much, but whenever he did see the field, Roshan Johnson was always very good. He's considered sort of the, you know, I feel like I've talked about him so much, but if we talk about Bijan being the heart of the Texas football team or the face of the Texas football team, you know, Roshan was definitely the heart of it. He was a team captain. He was the guy who Steve Sarkeesian called his lieutenant in the locker room. 
He's smart as hell. He's got a he's got a business management degree and some kind of hard minor from the Red McComb School of Business at the University of Texas. He's academic honor roll. Um, he's going to be 22 this next year, so still pretty young, a former high school quarterback. And some of the things, if you compare him to B. John Robinson, like his 10-yard split at the combine, like B. John ran the 4.46, Roshan ran the 4.58, but his 10-yard split, it was a 1.52. That was third best among running backs. It was basically even with B. John Robinson. See, I think you – know, he gets I do up to think speed that quick. Roshan runs faster than he plays. Yeah. Considerably so. The other thing about him, too, is that his uh, – by PFF, just his absurd yards after contact per rush. was It was 4.28 yards per con- yards after contact per rush. It's better than B. John Robinson's 4.17. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, an, he's a – Which is an excellent rate. Like, one of the things you say about B. John is, like, he, he, like oh, he's so good at just slugging through, through, through the trash. The thing that's different about B. John when he slugs through the trash is he slugs through it and then he gets back, you know, he hits the afterburners and 70 and yards gone. later, you can kiss him goodnight. Um, Roshan's not that same guy, but he, he, he will rumble ahead for eight more yards for you, fall forward, um, has that kind of efficiency. I'll just also say he's an ex-quarterback, probably the best pass-protecting running back in this class. Um, he sees the field like a quarterback, as you said in, in the report. I think that that's exactly right. He feels those pressures like a quarterback. And... Um, He's just a guy. He's a guy who's good with the. He's good with the football in his hands. He can I mean, catch one reported eight, fumble, eight eight percent target share. You know, he's just he's a he's a he's an all around damn good football player. He's a guy who I consider a basic lock to be a top five running back in this rookie class, despite the fact that the production just simply won't be there if you're just looking at it through that lens. How did you see? Uh, how did you see B, uh, Roshan? Um, whenever you I mean, did, yeah, the, I mean, he's just a stuff. really good all around football player i mean really anywhere they put him on the field which is a lot of places actually um we played out wide some wildcat quarterback stuff yeah special teams he you know he um he's safe with the ball like you said one recorded fumble and how many touches was it it's almost 500 i think Uh, yeah 448 touches um 448 career touches one recorded fumble not a lot of wear on the tires. 448 touches in his career, Texas. Like, that's not a lot of wear. That's it, not a lot of wear. But I do feel like because of the way he runs, he does absorb a lot of damage. And I think that may be something. What do you mean? Just because he kind of runs tall, like he runs he upright. He runs tall. presents a lot of service area. He uses that way, a lot of that service area. Um, he absorbs a lot of contact. So, I mean, I, mean, and I guess it hasn't shown – he hasn't – shown to be worse for the wear for it but i think maybe that could if there is a concern for a team maybe that's one i i i'm reminded though just like the the thing that maybe somebody wouldn't really notice it about b or about roshan until you saw like for us you know going to practices and seeing him in games and stuff like we know but he really is a well put together 225 pounds of the senior bowl i mean is, have you ever seen a 225 pound guy look like as svelte and kind of sleek as he looks he's very he looks like a i mean he's a he's an athlete dude he looks he looks really he, he holds that weight really really well is he, is he a bit could he be a bit of a tiptoe burglar Oh, uh, Brandon Jacobs, get the hell, get the hell out of here with that! I, do you know what? I, we could we could end it on the tiptoe burglar bit, but listen. Whenever I look at him, my um, I like Cody's uh, comp. Cody calls him a Sean Alexander. Co- Co- Cody Carpentier calls him a Sean Alexander. 
to me, I've always thought he was a, had a little bit of sort of like a Jordan Howard sort of streak to him. I think that that's a good kind of size, style, comp. Maybe a guy whose lateral agility could be a small bit lacking, but still has good feet, good vision, and whenever he does, whenever he does play in his foot and get upfield, it might not be one of these things like Bijan Robinson, where it's just all of a sudden he's creating a whole new play on his own, and you don't know what the hell he's doing. But he just gets up to speed so fast. He like here's the thing about Roshan, dude. He gets he gets down to business, and he gets down to business quick. And that sort of acceleration reminded me a little bit about Jordan Howard was when he was coming out. Who did who did you have for your for, for your comp? I said Jeff Wilson. What what is it about Jeff Wilson that, that that you like? I mean, I just think they're both all around good running backs who can do what you ask of them and are consistent. I think consistency is kind kind of you know the calling card for both of them. Do you think fans should be should be happy if their favorite NFL team takes Roshan Johnson and and uh, just say day two? of the 2023 NFL draft. I think so. I'd love to see him as a cowboy. 